As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Good morning or good afternoon whenever you're listening to this, guys. TJ, Jacob, I have a request for Spencer Knight. Can a fellow goalie hold 100, man? Like, can I get a loan? I got some repairs I'd like to do in the house, like 4.5 over three years, and he's, what, 21 years old? That's $13.5 million. Like, hook a fellow goalie up, man. Like, congrats. He's now the second... He's the second richest guest in the history of Panther Parade. (laughs) Number one is Doug Sifu (laughs) in the the point-to-point hockey days. But this man's a guest on our show, and he's a millionaire. But, yeah, that's... um... That was the news of the day. It came out what yesterday? Yesterday, I believe. The concert. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday morning, the concert, and it kind of out of nowhere. There weren't even rumors that the Panthers mm-hmm. and Nice Camp were talking. But as we get like, let's actually dive into this rather than joke about asking for money. Four point five times three. The comparables were Jake Edinger, who also signed a bridge deal of four by three, so it's higher. Even though Jake Edinger is an established number one goalie, and has I believe 86 starts under his belt compared to Spencer's 36. I mean, also part of the difference is is Jake signed his as a restricted free agent. Spencer signs his deal a year before he becomes an RFA. So there's obviously more time for Jake to put more game on tape or whatever to prove his worth. Uh, There was one other comparable, and I'm just blanking on it, TJ. Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, Carter Hart, I think. Yes, it was Carter Hart who also signed for less, that was also signed a few years ago, but based on percentage of cap, his was like 3.9. And if I think, if I have it right, Spencer's is 5.6, 5.45% of the cap. So it's a it's it might be the largest bridge deal we've seen other than Shesterkin. Uh, yes, and Shesterkin had a four-year deal. Yeah, and... Igor, at least, also, like Edinger, uh, Igor has an MVP caliber goalie season under his belt already. Yeah, Forget just, so, like, a good season as a starter, which is what Edinger has. He's got one full season as a good starter. Shesterkin has an MVP caliber season. I don't know if he had it before signing the contract, though. No? No, I think no. Igor is in his second year. Yeah, I mean, but he, but he was definitely, like, playing very well in the NHL. I think he had a few more games played. And, I mean, yeah, I have to agree with you, like, looking at this, looking at the comparables. He signed for a bigger number. He signed for a bigger percentage of the cap than those players. And, honestly, I don't really have a problem with it. Like, this is how Bill Zito operates. I might say that in every freaking podcast that we discuss a roster move. But, like, he doesn't really care about overpaying young players because especially if he thinks that they are going to be upper echelon players. And I think that honestly, it's a bigger issue for the Panthers that Spencer Knight isn't the goalie of the future than if he's a little bit overpaid. That's the bigger problem. 
So you don't really have to worry about if this is an overpayment because you're screwed anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick note on Shosturkin. A couple differences. Shosturkin is now 26 years old, so his contract bought out yeah. some UFA years because he signed his he signed his ELC at 22. So his ELC was a two year from 22 to 24, and then a four year de- uh, or a five year deal that bought out some UFA years. So that's why, also why his is higher, but. It is the highest bridge deal I believe we've ever seen for a goalie. Panthers are and Bill Zito are betting on pedigree for Spencer Knight. I mean, this guy was billed as a Carey Price, you know, the next Carey Price when he was drafted. Um, I think we've we've seen. I don't want to say we've seen flashes of it because flashes meet you know implies that he's been inconsistent. <laughs> well, I, I, I use the term flash like I use the term flashes where it's like. Okay, a guy like every once in a blue moon shows you like what he's really capable of. Like Rostislav Olesh, to bring a name back from the past, it's like he showed you flashes of what he could be, but it was never that consistent. I would say Spencer, for the majority of his career, has shown you what his potential is. And then outside of that slow start he had to the beginning of last year, at the beginning of last year, but the second half of the year, he was outstanding. Yeah. I mean, and, and all- it's a little bit frustrating that in the national media, everybody's just talking about the entire NHL sample size. Nobody's mentioning that, you know, he was great in the NCAA and he was great in the World Juniors and that he had the pedigree even coming into World Juniors in the NCAA and, you know, pretty solid in the AHL as well. He's pretty much on the same track that Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, Anger were at that point of their careers. There's really nothing to suggest that he can't become that kind of goalie. It's rare that anybody does co- become that kind of goalie. There are so few of them, but you know he he's got you know all the all the tools that the goalie experts love, and you know he's on that same track. So is is there really any reason to believe that he can't become somebody who's well worth this money? I personally don't think so. I don't disagree. I mean, the reality is he's not making it until the 23-24 season. So he's got a whole year to basically put up. I don't want to say shut up because even if he has a subpar year, you're not going to give up on Spencer Knight. You're not going to all of a sudden want to buy him out of that contract. So it's it's just one of those things where I think you've just got to continue forward and, and say, yeah, I think it's a bit of an overpayment, probably about by a million AAV. But that's only just because of market rate. I think Spencer's more than capable of being a franchise caliber goalie. And we just, we hope he shows it. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I I don't think it was the best business for the Panthers in terms of, I think they could have, and Bill Zito's known for being a hardball negotiator. So the fact that it seems that he just gave the biggest RFA deal to a goalie ever, RFA bridge deal, excuse me. It makes me question like, what what's the thought process but we also know what the thought process is and i know i'm kind of contradicting myself there but we know what the thought process is hey we think you know he's going to be a star goalie very very soon so we just want to make sure we got it locked up before he you know showed out this year and wanted even more money at the end of the year that's that's the that's yeah. the logic i'm assuming zito is using do you think that we need to consider that bobrovsky is going to be making 10 million for the entirety of this deal does that surprise you that they are lined up that way it doesn't really i mean this is all dale talon's fault to yeah 
drafted Spencer Knight knowing he was about to give Sergei Bobrovsky ten million a year, it still doesn't make sense because now you're paying next year the fans have been paying fourteen and a half million dollars to their goaltending duo, the highest in the NHL. And you just ask the question why and you just say thanks, Dale Talent. But the reality is that's the hand they were dealt. Like you drafted a premier goalie prospect. He's shown that he is a premier goalie prospect. You can't really trade Spencer Knight because you're not going to get the value for him that on the market. Just teams don't trade teams don't trade give up value for goalies, even elite young ones. They just don't. I I really can't disagree with that. I mean, you you, you see the reaction now anytime people talk about the Bobrovsky contract. It's like, why, why did they do that? Why did they give a goalie a lot of money? I guess that's one of those positions where everybody thinks their goalie is great, but other, other teams' goalies, they don't really find that special. Who's, who's to say why that is? I, I, I mean, we I, were also among the loudest of the voices that were saying, why did they do that about our own team? So, You're not Yeah, worried. I think that there was an overreaction, and at the time... The franchise was, you know, trying to get itself into the playoffs on a somewhat regular basis, and it was just hyper focused on we just got to get into the playoffs, we got to get playoff revenue. Whereas now we're seeing how much better it is for your organization if you have a plan that allows you to, at some point, be a true Stanley Cup contender, have a good enough team to actually win a round so you can get more than just four home games in the playoffs and you know in the regular season sell out the home stretch because people are really excited about having a number one you know team in the standings or something like it and that was what we experienced last year and you know the the tv deals that they renegotiated reflect that the business statistics reflect that and the short-sightedness that we called out you know, we don't always get things right, so let's point let's point out when we do get it right. I think that we were right on that one. Yeah, I, I agree. They they seem to be shifting their focus. One last thought on Spencer Knight's contract: counter typical to or antithetical, whatever the, the correct term is. I know I'm a lawyer and I'm supposed to be good with words, but I'm not right now. <laughs> counter to the, what the current trend is of massively escalating real money to have a very high qualifying offer at the end of the deal. This deal does not have that. It's 4.5 AAV, 4.5 million in real money every year. So the qualifying offer, I believe it's just going to be 4.5 or is it 4.5, yeah, exactly. Okay, so there's no 10% kicker. I, I, for whatever reason I thought there was. Yeah, the qualifying offer at the end of this deal is 4.5. It's not going to be like, uh, I believe, uh, uh, the Brincat's qualifying offer at the end of this year is like 10 million or something yes. absurdly high. <laughs> yeah. So the Panthers won't have to deal with that issue. And okay, well, the good, yeah, I, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a small win in a contract that at right now looks to be a big win for Spencer Knight. But you know, you take the, you take the victories where you can get them. I guess the good news for the Panthers is the salary cap is increasing. Now these numbers aren't official, but on Thirty Two Thoughts, Friedman reported that essentially we're going to get one more year of a one million salary cap escalator next year. So. 23-24 season is going to have an 83.5 million salary cap, and then we're going to have between 87.5 and 88 million in 24-25, and 26 and 25-26 is going to be a 92 million dollar salary cap. So, you know, all of this stuff with escrow and everything 
uh, suppressing the cap, this flat cap that teams have been dealing with and have absolutely crushed the Panthers this year when it came to their offseason, other than the Kachuk trades, that was salary neutral. All of that is finally going away, and the Panthers are going to have money to play with. It's perfect for the Panthers because we have to admit that the flat cap helped them tremendously. I think without the flat cap and like teams losing money due to COVID, there's no way that Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair shake free. And that's like a big part of them becoming a, a great team in the last couple of years. And also teams like Toronto, Tampa Bay, you know, Boston that are now up against the cap they couldn't add to their existing rosters, whereas the Panthers, they didn't have this locked-in core of players. So when they got these, you know, core players that, like, Verhage and Duclair are on cheap deals, all of a sudden there's some extra money that should be going to your core that they can use to get a Sam Reinhart, that they can use to get a Brandon Montour extension, you know, something like that. And so it's actually a perfect situation because now that the Panthers are actually up against the cap, it's going to expand soon. Yeah, and it's honestly kind of just hit me. I mean, I know I tweeted about it earlier that like, hey, the first four million dollar increase is going to be when um, you know uh, uh, Anton Lundell, Sam Reinhardt, and well, what well, was going to be Spencer Knight, but now what was and Carter Verhage. I think Duclair is barely also part you. of that. Yeah, Duclair is also part of that. So the first four million dollar increase is when those guys are going to be need new deals and you're going to have money to pay them and then the uh, the next four million dollar kicker is when carter ragey sam bennett and aaron ekblad are going to be up for new deals yeah the the negative oh i'm sorry it's gustav forsling is the guy i was looking for for two years from now the negative i just realized is these players are also going to know that yeah they're going to going up four million dollars so i doubt you see them sign next year because they're going to wait for that salary cap to be confirmed bubble that bubble to come up and they're going to say well hey now you got you know yeah you had 25 million to play with now you got 29 give me some of that extra four million dollars i want another 750 aav i want another 1 million aav like it's it's a positive and a negative you'd like to have all of your best money already spent under this flat cap before the cap balloons that's how you that's how the i know um you want to get in here tj but that's how the uh the current iteration of the golden state warriors happened is that the nba salary cap ballooned after they had already locked up their core big three to contracts under the previous salary cap and all of a sudden they had enough money for kevin that suddenly became a dynasty that just ruled over the entire league and you know it took massive injury for them to even lose one of the finals in which they were together i wanted to point out that that big first big spike and some of you will roll your eyes but uh that first big spike in 24 25 it could be when the austin matthews sweepstakes happens and the panthers will be in position to potentially offer him a king's ransom so moving on from the salary cap, the Panthers have played two preseason games. They had a 4-3 overtime win in game one against the National Predators in a game which which the Panthers had their top line and their top pairing play, as well as Sergei Bobrovsky, and again against mostly backups for Nashville. I think they had their second line in that first game. Yeah, I remember Johansson and Niederreiter were playing in that game. Yeah, and then in the second game, the Panthers lost pretty convincingly 4 nothing 
with you know their second and third line on the ice and their second and third pairing deep people out there against you know the top the top line and the third and fourth line for the predators not the best showing in the second game especially from the guys trying to make the team but matthew kachuk was impressive he didn't score but he was definitely noticeable on the uh on the ice yeah i mean that line with him bennett and reinhardt for most of the night they were going up against the top predators line and they were faring better which you i i guess you would expect because they're the better players but you know, it is good to see that they can, you know, dominate against even a line that good. But otherwise, you know, pretty much what you would expect from that lineup of mostly backups that night. I mean, I'm not really sure if there's anybody that played that is kind of on the bubble. You know, Mark Stahl had a rough night and Del Zotto uh, was a little bit better. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's really any intrigue as those two guys battle out for the sixth or seventh D. It does seem like it's inevitable that Stahl will end up on the team and Delzato will be assigned to Charlotte. But, uh, I mean, other than that, really, it's just like, what do, what do you really expect from some guys that we know are going to get sent down to the AHL once their training camp starts? I mean, like, yeah, Henry Bowlby didn't have a great game. You know, it yeah. would it would have been nice if somebody had that Dennis Mulgan ascent and it was just like, you know, unbelievable and played so well that we had to consider putting them on the third or fourth line or something like that, but it didn't happen. Uh, the Levchi line with, I believe it was the the, the ex-Senators guy and uh, Mayhew. Oh, Chris Tierney. Line. Chris Tierney, yeah, that line was... Yeah, that, was, line, was, that line was brutal. It, it, it got caved in all night. The Lundell Cousins white line, I think that it's a little bit of a work in progress. You could say that about the Barkov line with Verhage and Balsers too. You know, we'll, we'll see if that sticks. Balsers did have like four or five shots on goal, so that was good to see, but no uh, no conversion, no finish. And, I mean, the, the takeaway does have to be this is the first preseason game. Ultimately, you know, I, I did this exercise last year. There really isn't any correlation between pre- preseason success and regular season success. They they did get outplayed in the second game, but it wasn't like they got dominated. You know, uh, Askarov. Askarov was so good. He looked every bit of his pedigree. He looked amazing when yeah. he came in. Yeah, the, the flurry where the Panthers did score and then it was waved off by a... I'm, I, I, don't, I don't want to call it a dubious slash because we never got a replay. All I know is the national announcers never really kind of like, oh, yeah, there's the slash. They just kind of moved on. We're like, I guess it's no goal. Um, but, yeah, Askarov made, like, phenomenal save after, like, three or four phenomenal saves before he was just finally so far out of position that it was an easy tap-in goal for the Panthers that it got waved off because of yeah, the it slash. Yeah, was, it, was, it was Nick Cousins, I believe, that would have had the goal. Yeah, and I think it was Chris Tierney that ended up in the box. Either way, irrelevant. Like, you tweeted it out. If this had happened in the regular season, I'd be furious because, you know, because the uh, Predators scored, like, five seconds into that power play to make it 2 nothing. So instead of 1-1, yeah. it's 2 nothing. But it's the preseason game. If you're upset about a missed call in the preseason, like, you need to get something better to do with your life. Uh, I apologize yeah. for the people who do care that much. But, like, it's preseason, guys. Yeah, and then the last... The last thing I'll say with the preface that this is the first preseason game, and I ultimately don't think it really matters very much. Uh, it wasn't a great showing for Alex Lyon. 
that Cody Glass goal was pretty weak, and then you know letting in another couple goals like in, in short order after coming in. You know, I th- I thought that Spencer Knight played very well actually in that first half of the game. That was more of a, of a Preds curb stomping, but they they Panthers found themselves getting back into the game kind of in the middle frame, and then once the uh, goal went in from Cody Glass, it, it uh, you know just became too much for the Panthers to come back from, and they kind of just you know were were in a, a little bit of a shell, and. What can you really do? You put out the weaker lineup that at that point, you know, it's kind of your way of like showing appreciation to Nashville for the hospitality and, the, you know, they're, they'll get the win at night when their fans can show up and we'll get the win in the matinee when it's just the heads that are watching on stream like us. I don't even think they tracked stats in the first game. I think they have some, but, uh, you know, I wasn't really looking at natural stats. Well, like, who cares? It's preseason. Yeah. I guess that's as really as much as you can say. All right. Well, uh, tonight when you're listening to this, tomorrow night for us is uh, a game against Charlotte. Paul Maurice said it should be mostly veterans. I do think the game is still going to go on. I know that there was some concern about the hurricane and, you know, while we're on the subject, anybody that's in the path of the hurricane, please evacuate if you need to. Please make sure that you're all uh, stocked up on anything essential. Maybe I'm saying this too late, honestly. I feel, I feel like the hurricane would have hit anybody that's going to hit that's listening to this. But still, like, you know, if you're in that position, stay safe, evacuate if, if needed, and all that. But yeah, I think the preseason Panthers game will go on, it'll be out of the cone of the storm. And all the proceeds will go to youth hockey in the area. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you're make, trying to decide whether or not you should leave, just remember, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life, <laughs> do or die, what can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things going, I don't know. R.I.P. Coolio. Yeah. Gone too soon. Gone and too on that soon. note, let's wrap up this episode of Panther Parade. Thank you for listening. Please rate us five stars on Rap Genius. And... We'll hear see me, you next time. Hear me rap battle next time. <laughs> this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.